Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third tier markets to large hundred plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. Welcome, everybody, to Self-Storage Income. I'm excited about today's podcast because, um, you know, we've been talking about it, and it, it, there's a magical part about self-storage that I, I, I think we, we've talked about it, we covered it, but we've never really devoted, um, I think, an entire episode on it or gone in depth, and it's, uh, it, it's about time. Yeah, dude. No, I think it's a really good topic. It's going to be a good discussion, and uh, it applies not only in storage but uh, in other business as well. So exactly, uh, just capital allocation. Uh, there's a lot of things to consider. We were just talking about this a little bit before the podcast. Um, you know, you get in these mind frames of you know buy and hold and all these things, and you know actually there might be a time that it makes sense to sell or to you know refinance or do these other things um, to reallocate that capital in a more effective way uh, to grow your wealth exactly. better, quicker. And to be jazz. more secure. 100%. And a lot of people don't think about that. And it's something that needs to be brought up that, um, you know, refinancing, they say, oh, well, that takes out more debt. That means it's not as safe. And that's not actually true. And we're going to talk about how and why, obviously, if you do it wrong. But before we get into that, I do need to talk about our sponsor today. So our sponsor is the wonderful Janus International. Um, I normally talk about their Noki right, uh, on our podcast, which I, I want to talk about. You all need to know about it because I use it. We put it in our storage facilities, in fact, all, all our storage facilities that we're building or even revamping or expanding, we've added in the Noki, which is the keyless entry system. You can literally do it on your phone. And although that's great, I want to talk about also the medical, medi- uh, medical, they are not a medical <laughs> company. Please Definitely do not, not call Janice if you have something <laughs> that, you know, if you're hurt, uh, if you want storage, that's a great person to talk to, uh, for their metal fabrication side in the, in not just, uh, not so much that the metal's amazing or the door's amazing, which they are, they're great, but how much help that they give you on designing and planning and understanding how a storage facility is going to look. Um, if you're planning on building, you can literally go to Janus and they have a department that helps you with these kind of things. And they walk through different scenarios and they look at how the outlay may work. Um, and we've used, we use them for this to plan and understand better how our customers are going to flow through the storage facility, what that may look like. So the actual, um, more so on the planning of developments, expansions, or revamping, they'll help you with the business side of it, understanding 
how it should be used, and uh, even understanding different types of units of where they may go. Um, that's a huge help, particularly to people that are starting out or to me, right, who were not starting out at all, but yet we utilize them and their resources. Uh, so it is a really, they're, they're, Technology is amazing. Obviously, the metal fabrication of the doors are amazing. But also, I think the brain trust that Janice has in people in the industry and how long they have been um, is incredible. And uh, somebody that you definitely need to talk to when looking at the that stuff. So with that, let's continue on here. And I want to um, talk about refinancing and talk about uh, not just refinancing, but I also want to talk about um, this capital allocation part. So when we, we talk a lot about finding facilities, buying facilities, turning facilities around, when you turn a facility around or when you improve the operations and you lower expenses, um, you're increasing the revenue on that facility. You may be being are more efficient and so expenses are low lower you're improving that cash flow widening that margin which is amazing you got that cash coming in but two you are also increasing the equity of that asset through this because self storage facilities are traded on cap rates right what that simply means is that your self storage facility is viewed value upon how much cash flow you can receive from it, right? So take out all your expenses, whatever's net left over. Um, that is what people are really judging on what I should pay for this and what's it worth. And obviously there's quality and location, things like that, but it's about the revenue. And so if you increase revenue, right? You have a good facility, you increase operations and increase revenue. Um, you are increasing the value of that facility. And in turn, you gain more equity, right? Equity is this magical thing that means nothing until you utilize it. Um, yes, it looks good on your balance sheet. Yes, banks like it, obviously. Um, but equity is the value of that asset or perceived value at any given time of that asset. Um, cash flow, we focus on a lot because that's real and that's the real value to you as an owner uh, You know, going month to month. Are you going to be able to pay your bills? Are you going to take some money home? Are you going to be able to pay your employees? Right, That's, that, that's what matters because equity is nice, but that doesn't pay your bills, your employees, or yourself. Uh, so, Lots of people I, I know can either put it to the side or they view as I'll just pay off the debt so it cash flows really well. Um, and then it's not risky. Now, these can be almost misnomers. I, I, not misnomers, but there's two ways of thinking. And it's not even necessarily that one of those ways are bad, right? But I want to go over kind of the pros and cons and why we choose not to use that and why I actually think that that is fairly risky. Um, so as we increase our operations and grow our storage facility, one of the things that we wanted to do was diversify. We wanted to diversify the risk, okay? And we are very conservative, right? We go into storage. I think our debt to equity ratio on our 
portfolio is 50% or lower. Now we are refinancing and we're pulling out capital where it's available. In fact, I just closed uh, refinance this morning on three of our facilities. And when we're looking at our debt to equity and really what we focus on is not so much debt to equity, but how much that changes the cash flow, right? Which we refinanced the facilities and our cash flow didn't change. But we got a lot of money out. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's that's a good thing. That's a really yeah, good thing. We good like deal, that. Man. Um, and two, we got rid of risk. Now everybody's sitting here going, "I don't understand. How does that work?" Because you took money out of the assets, and in turn, that equity was replaced with debt. So technically, yes, we have more debt. Now our cash flows didn't change because of lower interest rates and deal structure, and we did a portfolio loan instead of singling them out. Um, so we were able to stabilize uh, those assets, but we also got rid of the risk because they went non-recourse. And so what does non-recourse means? A non-recourse loan is a loan that if the asset fails, they can't come after me for it. They just get the keys. Now, there are bad boy clauses of course, if I commit fraud or if I <laughs> dump nuclear waste on it or, you know, obviously if I'm breaking the law, that's totally different than they come after you no matter what. Uh, but if there's a bad downturn in the economy, if uh, that city just everybody decides that that city that it's in, they just hate. And so everybody moves out and the asset can't pay its bills. We hand them the keys, not us. And we keep going. All our other assets are fine. They're all protected, Right. So they can't come after my home. They can't come after my other businesses. They can't come after the other storage facilities. So we actually took on more debt. Our cash flow didn't change. And we've got rid of risk. But two, it does another thing. That money that we take out of our assets, we will then go buy more assets in other markets. We are now diversifying our risk from the thing that we just talked about, right? Everybody hating a city or maybe a massive employer goes under and it's in a spiral downward. So I can put my assets in different economic situations that has different demographics, different trends, and it acts as a weighting average. So I can diversify my risk and I'm taking now uh, the risk of the banks and the debt off. And I'm also taking that money and I'm putting it into other assets, which will increase my cash flow in a diversified way, therefore increasing my ability to make sure that we're growing and paying bills and employees and everything else. Um, and we're in that cash flow is now increased, but it's also not the same. So if I'm in one city and I have six facilities in that one city, that cash flow is not as safe, obviously, if I have six facilities in six different cities. Um, because we don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows. And if you argue that because you say it's the safest city in the world, that may be true, but that's also predicting the future, which you can't do. So mm -hmm. I look for obviously really safe demographics, growing trends, all the things that we've talked about in other episodes. Um, I don't go into cities that I'm worried that are going to fail in the first place, right? Uh, but I don't know. And so this is a risk shift, right? Um, but also elimination. So whatever percentage of the portfolio that, you know, we just refinanced whatnot is now in non-recourse, which takes our total percentage really high. I think we only have two facilities that we're recourse on. I can't remember now. I'm going to have to go back and look because we have other, our other facilities we did the same thing on, which we have 
three more facilities either next year or the year after. We're going to do that again. Um, but this also keeps our company growing, right? Um, cash flows don't change. We can still reinvest our cash flows, which we do. Um, and then we get this huge boost of millions of dollars in that is tax-free because you're not taxed on the loan. So now let me go through that. If you were to sell your facility, you have to pay back depreciation. You also have to pay capital gains taxes on it. Instead of selling it, I can refinance it and take all the money out tax-free. Once again, much safer way for me to reinvest my dollars. Um, this is a strategy that we have used and has taken us a long way. Um, we And it, it, the great thing about it is that strategy never ends because as we have our tenants, they're paying off our debt, right? The tenants pay for the debt, not us. So every single year, we're eliminating debt and eventually they go back down to really low debt to equity and we can refinance them again, take it out tax-free, all while it's cash flowing, paying us, and we're in reinvesting the cash flow. This is compounding. And that's what you're looking for. And two, you're compounding by eliminating risk as well as compounding on a true dollar. Now, I'm going to walk through the true dollar analogy. And this is an important one for people to understand. When I started me and my partner, who was my father, we were taking sales income to put into self-storage facilities. This is very frustrating because we were being taxed like 50 cents on the dollar, right? They, we were paid well. We were in sales business. We had lots of cash flow. Um, but when I went, let's say I put a million dollars down on a facility and I got a 10% return. And you say, well, how long does it take you to make your money back, right? Obviously, things change, but we're keeping this simple. If nothing changes, it's 10 years, right? Well, that's not actually true because you already lost 50% of your dollar because it was taxed. So it's really taking you 20 years to make that. So if you can get rid of that portion, you can see how much faster you can grow, right? And with our sales dollars and W-2 dollars, which I earned, um, that became really inefficient. And it really slows down your ability to grow, to build a portfolio and build an empire. So refinancing it, we don't have to pay the taxes on it. And we can implement it and do it again. So in that case, we could buy two facilities and then they can both make us 10%, right? And so on and so forth, right? You grow exponentially faster while simultaneously not having it be riskier. You're getting rid of risk, right? This is velocity of money in a really efficient way. And uh, this is kind of the, I mean, you know, we talk a lot of things that have made our strategy successful and why we're being successful in this industry. Um, and there are, there, there's a lot of things that started it out. And this is one of them. I mean, really, you know, I should probably do a whole podcast on kind of the three things that are the most important and what it had. And this is the third part. Now, this isn't obviously didn't come first because we couldn't, we were making an income and that was taxed. It happened after we improved, we found and improved the facilities. Oh, it's getting wore out. 
That's right. <laughs> Getting wore out. Time time for some uh, energy drinks. Dude, yeah. I'm just like sitting here smiling, like listening to you talk about all this stuff because it literally hits every single topic, every single base of of the strategy that, that we use here and that uh, everybody else can go out and use as well. Again, just that, that velocity money and how quickly you can allocate it, deploy it elsewhere, grow it. And it, it's just doing it in this way is just such an amazing, incredible, just amazing process. Yeah. I love it. it, And it's so interesting. And people are like, you know, it's almost like cheating and it's not cheating. It's actually how it's designed to work because you got to remember, we live in a, well, I hesitate when I say this, a capitalistic society right now, the government runs everything. So it (laughs) it pays our bills. It does everything. So in a normal economy, we're a cap, capitalist society, right? Where everybody makes their income from jobs and things like that. And I don't mean that in a political way. I'm simply saying that, you know, the coronavirus shut down the economy. Um, We're coming back out of that. But in a capitalist society, the government is constrained on what it can do. So it can't unilaterally say, hey, we're just going to go build hotels because we think people need hotels on this. We're not going to go build, you know, apartment buildings. We're not going to go, you know, do all these things. We're not going to go make shops or stores or build storage facilities. Um, They're constrained on their powers, as so they should be. It's up to us to build it. So when the government's looking at this and saying, well, we have to make sure people actually build our society. We need people to, right? produce goods and services. How do we incentivize them to do that? And so you got to remember the tax code, less than 10% of it has anything to do with paying taxes. And the tax code's ginormous, right? It's huge. It's all about what to do with money. So in our society, as a general rule, if you put your money to work, and if you're actually utilizing it for good of other people, then you get lower taxes or you can avoid taxes because the government is rewarding you for building society. If I want to go buy a Lamborghini, well, that changes things, right? Now the government's like, no, you're going to have to pay taxes on this and you're going to have to pay a lot. You have luxury items, all this other kind of stuff. And obviously it depends on states, things like that. But the basic sense is that's what you're doing. So as long as you're creating things for other people to utilize that they want, and it's not the government that picks it, it's them. Self-storage happens to be one of those things that people want. And that allows us to, to fuel our business, to gain wealth. So it's a win-win. And if you use it correctly and the way it's actually designed to, right, it can really, really benefit you. And that's what we want. And that's what you need to make sure you're looking at, right? If if you're using your money and your capital inappropriately, you pay lots of taxes. So make sure you're getting really good advice because that will astronomically slow your ability to grow your business. And the idea is to compound and use velocity of money in your favor and not lose 50% of it along the way because that's less things that you can build. That's less you can do for society. You need to be able to do as much as you can for society. And it's, this is a beautiful system and it's one that, you know, we've used and it's worked very well that a lot of people don't understand. They don't fully get it. And you want- Well, it's kind of weird almost. Like it's, it's like there's, there's this accusatory aspect to it from individuals that 
haven't been taught this or understand this, where it's like, yeah. oh, they're not paying their taxes or, or you're not paying it or you're avoiding it somehow. And just like you just, just described, you're providing goods and services in an area that the government's like, hey, we need we need this stuff. Yeah. Like we're far too inefficient, far too any of this, to, like put it out to the people. They can create solutions, provide those goods and services much more effectively, efficiently at drastically lower costs than the government yeah. would ever be able to do. Yeah. Taxes like, are a penalty. So yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> th- so the government <laughs> right. instituted uh, yeah. taxes as a penalty because now we have to provide things that you're not doing for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. That so is such a perfect way to put it. If you're yeah. not doing it now, we have to. And now we have to take money for you to do it. And that's how you should look at it. Right. You should build your own economy. You should build your own life. You should be self-sustainable and you should go out there and do it. Now, I don't, we're talking about tax code. This is not political. This is the situation we've been in and everything else. And we're talking about investing and investing in hard assets. You get depreciation, right? You get the advantages of real estate because this is real um, assets that are working and it's awesome. Now, if there's no demand there, you take, you know, risk. Now, how do we non-recourse get rid of the risk? This is a great question. So this morning I was on the phone. We had our bankers on the phone and they went to the trading floor and they called me up and said, all right, AJ, we're about to sell off, right? Your debt to investors. And they said, here's what we're seeing, right? Here's where the swaps are. And you're going to be whatever it was, 3.4 uh, 340 basis points above what the 10-year note is. And for all this gibberish and finance that we're speaking, it's just, that's what the interest rate is. Let's just keep it easy. And they say, are you okay with that? And uh, I say, yep, do it. They sell it on the trading floor right there. They yell it out and then boom, it's gone. Um, It's kind of cool. What happens is our debt that we were refinancing that we got is collateralized. This collateralized debt is put into a bond and that is sold to the open market. I know 25% of our listeners said, oh, just like the mortgage crisis. The answer is yes and no. And I need to preference this before you think about collateralized debt (laughs) obligations and you start to go into collateralized mortgage. This is the bond market. So the stock market and every other markets are nothing in compared to the to the debt market. The debt market is money. Money is debt. It is nothing else, okay? The collateralizing of debt has been going on forever and it wasn't ever anything new, but yes, in the financial crisis, the way they did it with housing, lenders lent housing and they insured it, that was obviously wrong. But other than that, the collateralized debt market has never stopped, it never will stop. It's, it is actually one of the greatest ways to reduce risk and to give investors what they want. Because what the investors do is they look at our assets. They look at our performance. A bank puts it together, and then they put it together with all these other uh, uh, all this other debt. And they're giving that money that we pay is giving a return to those investors. The investors say this is a great way to have a really secure bond, right? Because it's covered with other operators, it's covered in other debt and across different assets, and it's going to pay me whatever that is, 3% a year. It's super safe, and the investors buy it up, 
and pensions funds, that's probably, you know, it was honestly, if you're like a teacher or something, you probably own my debt. And that's how that market works. Um, it's This is an incredible thing that has allowed us to get rid of so much risk where debt markets used to fluctuate and there used to be a lot of problems because it was solely based on one asset. And you could imagine if a city got destroyed by an earthquake or a hurricane and all the debt in that market was by itself, what that would do to those investors, the bondholders and society, right? Really bad. Um, so that's what happens though. That risk is transferred to investors. So now the investors hold my risk. I got rid of it. I give it to investors. They pay me for it and they get a return, which comes from my payments to them and they hold the risk. So if my assets go under, right? It's not my loss. It's the loss of the bond, but they won't ever really you know, feel it that much because that bond has a lot of other debt and a lot of other investors in it. Man, we really got into finance on this one. We did, but uh, it's, it's really good to, to understand how all of this is working. Uh, as far as when you're talking about, because I almost, when we started talking about this, wanted you to explain just what you've actually dove into as far as how this collateralization of debt works and the, the, the non-recourse process and what, you, what exactly you were talking about in the beginning. So, dude, by all so, means, have you know, it. It's not, it, <laughs> too, I guess it is recourse, but it's now recourse to another investor, yeah, not me. Yeah. And the great thing about this is they choose, Right. They ask for it because they want bonds. And this is what pensions and, you know, all of these funds. And once again, you know, I, I, I don't know, but probably some of our listeners literally have pensions or funds or mutual funds that invest in these bonds. You could literally be being paid by me, which is crazy thought. I think about that a lot. I'm like, I wonder if I know anybody that's actually yeah. making money off my little <laughs> sliver of a bond, right? It's like- That it, would be interesting to track. Wouldn't yeah. it? That'd you know, be cool. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. But um, it's a teeny piece. So it's not like that's the only thing you own, right? You're put in uh, into a bond that is full of just all sorts of uh, other assets across the nation and, you know, depending on what you have. So it's it's really safe. I'm just a little teeny piece of that. And every person that collateralizes debt is, which is all commercial assets, which is all buildings, right? Um, and then that's also happens to uh, companies, things like that. So that's the system that works and how it works for you in your favor. I'm trying to explain to you once again, how you work the tax system and the uh, debt system in your favor to reduce risk, to get money out, and to build, compound, grow your storage facilities, and grow your wealth. This is a hack for investors. And it's always been there. It always is there. But so many people don't know or understand it or how to utilize it. And uh, um, it, it's like pouring gas on fire, uh, what it can do to your strategy and how fast you can grow and get bigger. Now, um, we may do a whole entire episode that I can talk more about what assets qualify, how you do that, on and on and on. Um, I think, oh, actually, our podcast was Devin Huber. We, we talked a lot about this. Go back and listen to it. I can't remember which episode it was. Let me pull it up here. And yeah, see. let's pull it up. So what are you doing? So what we're doing, though, on this velocity of money and capital, you're trying to compound and you're trying to compound quicker. 
And for me, I view compounding as I need to increase my returns and I need to put my money to work faster. And that speeds up how fast I can compound. So if you took a compound calculator and you said, well, if I invested a dollar and I got 5% return, this is what it looked like. Well, I said, what if I invested a dollar and I got a 20% return and then every three years I got a 100% return added on to that 20% return, what would that look like? Um, and those kind of numbers start to boggle your mind, what a dollar will turn into very, very quickly. Um, and then you can do all sorts of other things uh, to speed that up. Then the second question is, but I don't want to do anything risky. Like I said before, we're very conservative, right? I'm in self-storage. You know, I'm conservative and boring. And I, I was in insurance, all about risk. And so that's where when you're looking at taxation is a huge risk as well as the debt and how you take care of those things. That's how we did it. And taking care of those things can speed up your, your future. Absolutely. And uh, Devin's episode was a phenomenal episode. Go back and check that out. Um, that was released back in March of uh, 2020. Uh, go check it out. It's called Self-Storage and Commercial Real Estate Finance with Devin Huber. What's going to happen? Oh, uh, he has a firm that is, what was the name of that firm? We got it here. The it's, BCS Group. Yeah, or oh no, BSC, BSC Group. BSC Group, sorry. Yeah. BSC right. Group. Um, you guys can go check that out. Financial firm, um, do a lot of incredible stuff. He just closed our debt uh, for oh, nice. this refinance on this property. There we go. And, and this is important to know. There's lots of people that focus on certain things in different industries, Right. So there's also we've used other brokers too that are amazing because they'll do things like um, they work specifically with a certain type. So insurance companies are another company that, man, we got a whole episode to this, but I just want to touch on this real quick and then we'll be done with that. But insurance companies will also give you non-recourse because insurance companies have something called float, all right? Now, float is very important because that is the money that they hold to pay off insurance claims. Their float is massive. This is how Warren Buffett has gotten so rich is his insurance companies and his use of float because that float has to be invested. There's laws that dictate it and it has to be put to work, right? So that's why you see insurance companies own things like buildings and stadiums and different things like that. They also own privately into assets by giving out loans. And so insurance companies will loan to people for self-storage, right? And they make that loan non-recourse. Once again, it's underwritten on the asset, not on the person. Anyways, not going to go more into the debt structure and that. The key to this episode is understanding you need to get your money out. You need to ref you can refinance. You don't have to, but if you refinance, you do it tax-free. You can pull that money, put it to work, and lower risk. That's important. These two things aren't separate, right? In fact, you actually, if you have a recourse loan, even if it's 50% loan to value, you hold way more risk than somebody else that has, you know, 70% loan to value non-recourse on assets that are spread across five different cities. Um, way more risk. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to harp on it too much. I think we'll probably end it there, but I get excited about these topics because when I learned about it, it was just like, mind blown right I'm like wait this happens like you can do this you can do that <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. why is it why didn't i learn this years ago it right. was you know it was so cool and it's like peeking behind the 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 curtain mm -hmm. and seeing how the world 
really works. Absolutely. And that's cool. It is cool. And learning how you can not only peek behind the curtain, but you can be in the show, you know? Exactly. Exactly. You you can participate. Um, but also, I wanted to bring up a few good, uh, a few things. People that are leaving us the reviews on the book, The Investor's Guide to Growing Wealth and Self-Storage, The Step-by-Step Playbook for Turning a Real Estate Asset into a Thriving Business. We talk about these things. And um, we, we offer giveaways and everything. So you can go on to the site, self-storage income for those people that are, you guys are leaving us awesome reviews. Um, first of all, thank you. Uh, really, I, I, it means a lot. Um, I, you know, I never even planned in my life write, writing a book. Um, obviously I was dyslexic. I can hardly write anything. Uh, so, <laughs> but, um, I really wanted to share everything that we're teaching. And two, I wanted to get it out and just do a whole thing. Like the, you pick up this book, this is exactly how you do it. And these things that we're talking about on the podcast, I want wanted people to know it. And then I wanted to aggregate all this information we're talking about on the podcast into a step-by-step uh, because I know it's parceled out. So I thanks guys for the great reviews. I put a ton of work into it, like crazy amount. It was literally another job. Um, and I'm really, really proud of it. And if you left us a, you know, a good five-star re- review and everything, go onto the site and, and reach out. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll touch base and, and we'll talk. We really appreciate that. Also on this podcast, um, if you guys want to share this on social media, I'm and tag me AJ Osborne Instagram, or even on Facebook. I'm not as good as Facebook, but I want to share that out with other people and share you guys reaching out to me on Instagram. I'm I've I think I've responded to everybody that has reached out. It may be quick, but I am responding. I usually do videos to talk to you guys um, and people that are bringing us deals, all the kind of stuff. I'm really trying to build a good community around this because I'm so passionate about it. And we have such good people in our organization, right? Our team, um, uh, you know, obviously you guys know Connor, but we have Brian who underwrites all our, all our deals, uh, or not underwrites our deals, excuse me, uh, finds deals and does deal, deal flow, which if any of you guys have a good deal, you bring it and Brian touches base, we partner up, we do that too. And then, um, Kaylee, who you guys may have talked to or heard, she's reaching out to people that come to the site. Um, and we're talking to them so I can get, get a hold of them and all that good stuff. Uh, but she's also our head of, uh, of investor relations. And so she's working with our, our investors to come in. So thanks everybody for being a part of this kind of community that's happening. Just, just kind of being created. It's right. not something we really, yeah, dude. You know, it's just kind of it's cool. going on, but thank you. And so, yeah, share, if you give us a good review on the podcast here and share it out, uh, we really do appreciate it, everybody. Take care, guys. Thanks so much. <laughs>